while this is the second Sunday in December, it seems like it's moving so quickly appropriate to Christmas Day, it's also the second Sunday in the series of messages entitled The Songs of Christmas. And the song for the day is uh, one of my favorites, Mary Did You Know, and it's by Mark Lowry, and it was sung beautifully today by Susanna Davis at my request to be sung for today. Uh, I say that it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. I would say it's my favorite non-Christmas carol Christmas song because it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful, uh, thought-provoking song when you really, really pay attention to the words and, and think about what the writer Mark Lowry was having to say. It was written uh, by Mark Lowry uh, when he was uh, in about 1984. He was in a church in Houston and his pastor asked him to write some music that would go with their singing Christmas tree that they were having that year. And he, had, he wrote it in, 80, in 84, and he had somebody to put music to it, uh, but he said that the music just did not wow him. It didn't go that well with the words, and so he kind of put it aside. A few years later, he joined the uh, Gaither Vocal Band, uh, and two years after doing that, uh, another guy joined there by the, by the name of uh, Buddy Green. And he was well known for being a songwriter. And so uh, Mark Lowry asked if he would take that song and put it to music. And he did it. And, and what we have today is what they created at that time. And it's been recorded by many people, including people like uh, Natalie Cole. Uh, and it's just a, it's a fantastic, thought-provoking, thought-provoking song. Uh, now, I love this Christmas season. It's my favorite time of the year. And I love the Christmas songs. I love the Christmas music. It puts me in a great mood. Sometimes I get in a need for that Christmas mood and what Christmas does for me. I might even put on some Christmas CDs in July just to listen to the music. I love it so much. But I read this week that there's some mixed reviews about how people respond and react to Christmas music. From the Mayo Clinic, we consider them perhaps maybe the pinnacle of medical care, but the Mayo Clinic experts suggest that listening to the Christmas music can be uh, helpful emotionally and some behavioral benefits that would come from it. And one of the greatest ways it's been helpful is it's helped patients with Alzheimer's or dementia. They seem to remember some of the songs from the past, the beautiful Christmas songs. Then there was another study, though, that showed just the opposite. Uh, one by British psychologist Linda Blair that says uh, people who listen to the jolly Christmas music get frustrated and frantic and, uh, and depressed during the Christmas season because the Christmas songs all picture what might be considered a, a perfect Christmas and they realize their Christmas isn't going to be perfect and they'll never get everything done and ready on time and so they become distressed and depressed. Then another study showed that, um, that when Christmas music was combined with Christmas scents in, um, in stores and shopping malls that people lingered longer, and, of course, they spent more money. Another interesting little tidbit that came up this week about Christmas songs is that during World War II, Bing, Bing Crosby's song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, was banned from the air by the British Broadcasting Corporation because they said it was a detriment to the soldiers' morale. They became nostalgic and they became um, uh, so distracted by that music about wanting to be home for Christmas that they would forget about their assignments on the front line. Well, I think Christmas music is fine for us. It's great and wonderful. It helps us celebrate. And it helps us understand more and more different aspects about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And every time I hear this wonderful song for today, Mary did you know? 
it really provoked some thoughts in my mind. And I wonder, you know, what, what did Mary really know when she was appointed to be the mother of Jesus in this world? What, what did she really know? What did she understand about who this child was that she was carrying and would give birth to? In Luke's account of the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 2, he tells us that in a reflective time, after Jesus was born and the angels had returned to heaven and the shepherds had gone their way, telling everybody what they had seen and heard, that Mary had a quiet moment and that she treasured the thoughts in her heart. The translations say she pondered these things. I've often wondered, what did she ponder? What did she think about? What did she reflect upon as she sat in her crude surroundings and held her son Jesus in her arms? Well, there's so much about the Christmas story that we could focus upon. But I think for us to get a great understanding about that and answer maybe the question about what did Mary know and what did she think about. I want you to turn with me to a passage of scripture that you might not think that goes along with the Christmas story. But I've chosen it because I think it reveals to us who this Jesus is and the significance of his coming to earth. And we can frame that around the song, Mary, What Did You Know? Uh, as we answer some of these questions. So in, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, we read these words. He is the image, speaking about Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is head of the body, the church, He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I think when we look at this passage of Scripture, And it tells us about Jesus Christ under the title of being the supremacy of Christ. That it takes us all the way from being the firstborn and and the invisible God over all creation to talking about how he's made peace through his blood as he shed it on the cross. And I think it takes us through all that we really need to know and understand about the Christmas story. That we can't just focus upon the birth of Jesus, but we have to look at his life in entirety. And then when we do that, we understand the significance of the cross event. And we understand the depth of God's love. Not just that he would leave the glories of heaven and become flesh and dwell among us and be Emmanuel. But they would also then go to the cross in flesh and suffer every agonizing moment that anybody else who was crucified, would suffer, plus the spiritual suffering that he suffered, being separated from God the Father. And so when we think about this song and what Mary knew, and we think about this passage of Scripture, I think there are five things that I I, I can put together that I wonder if Mary really knew. And the first one is this. I wonder if Mary knew that Jesus was the creator of the universe. 
I wonder if Mary knew if Jesus was the creator of the universe. You know, it might be difficult to think about Mary looking into the face of a beautiful newborn baby boy and considering the fact that she held the creator of the universe in her arms. And as difficult as it might have been for Mary with, with Jesus, it might be the same way with you. It might be difficult for you to comprehend that Jesus is the creator of the universe. It's so powerful in a display of love and humility that this God of creation, Jesus, the, the Son in the, in, in the perfect trinity and the Godhead, would come to earth in the form of a fragile human infant. It's probably more than any of us could really wrap our hands around and, and catch the full significance of. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus was the main agent in creation. John begins his gospel in John chapter 1 verse 3 by saying, Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Did you hear the significance of that, that Jesus is the creator of the universe? See, as Mary pondered perhaps those recent events and gazed at the stars twinkling above, Did she realize she held in her hands the one who was responsible for all of creation? You see, in verses 16 and 17 of our text we read, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, and he is before all things and in him All things hold together. Did you know that before today? Did you realize that Jesus is the the creator of the universe? Did you realize that the one whose birth we celebrate this Christmas season is the one who said, let there be light and there was light? Did you know that Jesus designed the universe, created countless solar systems, set time into motion, started the planet spinning, put natural law into place? And is responsible for sustaining all of the activity in the universe even today. And that portion of the Godhead is the one who humbled himself in obedience to the Father. And became flesh as a babe and dwelt among us. We celebrate the birth of Jesus but he existed long before that. In fact he existed before creation because he spoke it into being. I wonder if Mary really knew that. And secondly, I wonder if Mary knew that Jesus was the promised Messiah. In in the Gospel of Matthew, we read the genealogy of Jesus and find in verse 16 these words. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. See how that's finding Joseph? And Mary was the mother of Jesus who was called the Messiah. And that's so interesting that Mary, a woman, was placed in that genealogy because it basically focused upon the men. But it describes Joseph as being the, uh, the husband of Mary and not the father of Jesus, but Mary as the mother of Jesus. And she would give birth to Jesus who would be called the Messiah or the Christ, depending upon the translation you refer to. You see, after a long, long time of waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that God made of a Messiah who would come and be the Savior and Redeemer and Rescuer of his people. 
Jesus came when he was born in Bethlehem. But that wasn't what the people of that day were expecting, what they weren't looking for. Let me give you what I think is a modern-day example of that. And some of the fighting that continues to go on over in what we call the Holy Lands, especially on the West Bank in, in, near Hebron, there was a young Jewish girl who was killed as she sat in her stroller. Tragic event. Even more tragic is the response to that because on a wall near where she died, there's a poem in her memory. And the Chicago Tribune carried this story and it said it's a, it's a reference to her pinchable cheeks, her sweet smile, and her cuteness. And to an urgent need of revenge because written there, well, one of the lines from the poem says, We will take revenge, we will scream for revenge in body and spirit and await the coming of the Messiah. See, that mindset that's prevalent today is the same mindset that was prevalent when Jesus was born and why so many people missed the birth of Jesus as the Messiah because they were expecting someone to come as, as, a, as a ruler, as a mighty warrior who would get revenge for the people of Israel against the Roman government. And when Jesus came with an entirely different agenda, they didn't recognize him as the Messiah. Because he was the Messiah who preached repentance and faith. He paid little attention to the Romans at all. He was the one who said that he would win freedom by dying for sins. They expected a military ruler, a deliverer. One who would take from them the oppression of Rome and put their own nation in charge and get the revenge that they so much wanted. Now I assume that Mary had the same expectations and anticipations and desires for her baby as, as most mothers would have for their children. And she probably had the same expectations that the countrymen had. And while the angel confirmed that the baby in her womb was the promised Messiah, I wonder if she really knew what kind of Messiah he would be. And I wonder if we really grasp the significance of that today. We use the term Messiah. We talk about the Christ child. But what does it mean for us today to claim Jesus as the Messiah? How would you answer if you were asked, what does Jesus as the Messiah mean for you? You see, Jesus came to deliver his people, not from the oppression of a government, but from the sin that dominated and destroyed their life. Jesus came to conquer, not by military force, but by transforming hearts and minds. And Jesus did come as a revolutionary leader, but not by taking up arms, but by challenging the world's value system and especially much of the religious teaching of his day. And what Jesus as the Messiah wants to do in your life is to lead you to victory, to lead you out of the oppression of sin and despair and guilt and shame and to transform your hearts and your minds and to make you whole again. In the sight of God. He wants you to experience abundant life now. So that you can claim eternal life with him in heaven. November 30th. 
we received the news that our 41st president, George H.W. Bush, had died at the age of 94. When I read more about his life, and I read about his days as a, as a pilot, who in World War II was a young man, I read about how he was adopted the philosophy of his life from the aviation acronym C-A-V-U. If you do any flying, you're familiar with that. It simply means ceiling and visibility unlimited. On a day like today, you might be grounded. But on a bright, clear, sunny day, the ceiling and visibility is unlimited. And pilots love those days. They dream about those days. And President Bush adopted that acronym for his life, that he would live with a ceiling and visibility unlimited. And when the news went out late on the night of November 30, 2018, that he had died, it's not surprising that it was accompanied with that acronym, C-A-V-U. Because by his faith in Christ, he was released from this world and all his infirmities and limitations to experience eternal ceiling and visibility unlimited. That's what Jesus as Messiah should mean to you and what you should claim this Christmas. Then thirdly, I wonder if Mary knew that Jesus would battle Satan and win. Can you imagine what Mary might have thought about that as she held her newborn son That this was, she knew, the promised Messiah and however much she understood about that. As she raised the infant Jesus and saw him grow and began to understand more and more about his role, his ministry, and how he would fulfill it here on earth. Maybe she had some desire to turn back the clock and keep him as a child and never let him reach maturity. When Mary and Joseph took the infant Jesus to the temple, they were met by the prophet Simeon who pronounced to to Mary so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He was really talking to Mary about the crucifixion and how that sword would pierce her soul too because her son would grow up to die the most excruciating death that could ever be experienced, death by crucifixion. And being fully man as well as fully God, he would experience all the pain on the cross that anyone crucified would experience. The nails driven into the body of the sword thrust into his his side. The agony in, in the heat of the day. The thirst that he longed for something to quench it. But most importantly for Jesus was the separation from God for the first time ever. That perfect unity was destroyed. Mary would live to see her son grow to manhood. She would watch him perform miracles, hear his great teachings, and then she would see him be betrayed and arrested and turned over to the Roman authorities. And then she would see him nailed to that cross. What a heartache for a mother to witness. But I think if Mary were here today to answer our question, she would tell us that, yes, it was all worth it for what Jesus would bring because he brings to us salvation and salvation is possible because he died for our sins and not only that but he defeated sin death and the grave through his resurrection 
And by doing that, he defeated Satan for all time. Jesus the Messiah would indeed do battle with Satan, and he would win. The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 2.14, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. And John tells us in 1 John 3.8 that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So some of the good news, the message of Christmas for us this year when we really begin to comprehend that is we don't have to worry about Satan. We can't control our reaction to Satan because he has been defeated by Jesus. And Jesus fought that battle over 2,000 years ago. The infant whose birth we celebrate was destined for the cross. And on that cross, he died for your sins. He died for mine so that we could be forgiven and live with him forever. But he did something more. He did battle with Satan. And he won. We need to remember that. Then fourthly, I wonder if Mary knew that Jesus would reign forever as a king. That Jesus would reign forever as a king. I think we need to keep in mind that both Mary and Joseph did not come from a royal family. They did not come from the top layer of society in their day. But they were poor peasants, a working class, a carpenter by trade, a poor peasant girl. They didn't know anything about luxury. And yet she was to give birth to this baby who would become a king. You see, when the wise men came to seek Jesus... They came to Jerusalem and they asked the question, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and they've come to worship him. When we think about that aspect of the Christmas story about Jesus being the king, what a paradox that this baby born in such meager means to such a poor, lowly family would become a king. But even as an infant, we see the fact that Jesus had power to be revealed as the king of kings. See, his birth affected the heavens as the star appeared. The star attracted the wise men, and they left their homes and made the long journey to find him. Their announcement took Herod and all of his court by fear. And the birth of Jesus brought angels from heaven and simple shepherds from their flocks on the hillside. Midnight became like midday and the glory of the Lord appeared to mankind. And the king of Jews, born in a cow stall, the king of the Jews rejected by his own people, the king of Jews nailed to a cross, was born in our midst. Unlike any other king prior to his birth or since, most would never recognize Jesus' position as king until later in his ministry, and for some not until his death and resurrection from the dead. When he was crucified in Matthew 27, 37, we read it. Above his head they placed the written charge against him, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And while that might have been placed there in mockery in his death, we know that in the end everyone will recognize Jesus as king because Revelation 19.16 tells us on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, that infant that Mary gave birth to 
was not just the king of the Jews, but the king over all kings. And my hope and our prayer for us this year is that we will recognize that Jesus is indeed the king of kings and Lord of lords. And one day, every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that truth. And my prayer is that this year we would begin to acknowledge Christ as king in our own lives. And then the fifth thing I wondered is I wondered if Mary knew that Jesus loves us unconditionally. Jesus loves us unconditionally, and that's shown in his birth. See, I have no doubt that Mary loved Jesus with every fiber of her being as every good mother would do. But did she have any hint of the integrity, sincerity, and unconditional nature of the love that Jesus would have, not only for her, but for everyone who would ever walk the face of this earth? And do we have any concept of this unconditional love from this King of kings and Lord of lords? The heart of the gospel is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, the, the glory of the Christmas message is that God loves us in spite of our sin, in spite of, of our shame, in spite of our faults, in spite of our failures, in spite of the fact that we've turned our back against God time after time after time. He still sent Jesus to die for our sins. And Jesus loves you enough that he not only died in your place, but he offers you the opportunity to be the recipient of his love and to experience abundant life now and to celebrate eternal life with him in the glory of heaven. Did Mary know all these things? I don't know. I think the longer that she walked with Jesus and saw her son grow into manhood and heard his teachings and put together the teachings from the Old Testament with what Jesus taught, I think that more and more and more she grew to know what her son would face and what he ultimately would become. But we have that opportunity today without any question to know who Jesus is. And to be able to respond to him today with faith and repentance and claim forgiveness of our sins and abundant life now with the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and to know that eternity in heaven awaits us when we leave this world. It's all bound up in the birth of this Jesus Christ whose birth we celebrate during this marvelous season. Do you know Jesus as Savior? as Lord, as King, as Creator, as Forgiver. If not, He invites you to come into relationship today with Him and claim that wonderful experience. Bow with me as we pray. Father, we thank You for Your infinite love that You've had from, for us before the beginning of time, that You would purpose in Your heart to send Jesus to redeem us. We thank you, Father, that you chose to reveal yourself in a babe so that we would not be afraid of him. And that we could watch that baby grow and mature in stature and wisdom and favor with you and mankind. 
and come to realize the depth of your love in sending your only son, born as a babe who would become a man who would die upon the cross. Help us today, Father, through all that you have revealed to us in the birth of Jesus Christ, to claim him as we need to and follow you in faith and obedience as Jesus desires. Father, this is my prayer as we ask for decisions to be made for your glory. Through Jesus our Lord. Amen.